Hi, everyone. Just a word of warning. There's a bit of colourful language flying around on this podcast, uh, certainly this episode anyway. So um, maybe just keep the youngsters away from it. All right. Hello and welcome back to Gas It Out. Uh, my name's Gavin Emmett and uh, in his bedroom, hopefully wearing some clothes, is Neil Hodgson. How are oh you? Oh my God. You sound like you've got too much energy, Gav. I feel tired. Really? I've, I, I, yeah, yeah. I've, I've just done my daily walk, uh, daily exercise with the dog and yep. she was quite boisterous, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just a little bit of uh, excess, bit of, excess dog how energy. Is th- how is Winnie the Pooch? Winnie the Pooch is great. I'll just put a photo, actually, of her up on uh, Instagram. She is the spitting image of Alf. Do you remember Alf off the telly? Oh, I love that. Alien life form. Yeah, Ooh. I love that. Yeah. She's a spitting image. She's got, like, his weird, weird nose. So uh, oh, she's quite bless funny. Bless her. Um, yeah, well, thank you for, for listening. Those of you who are uh, tuned in right now, is that what you do to a podcast? I don't know. Um, you still haven't guessed the bike in the intro. Who has? Me. You haven't. And, and I'd like people who listen to this to guess what the bike is i'll tell you what though i think it's uh and it's an m1 you said a ducati the first time yeah well, i can change my get gav you've, you've known me now quite a few years <laughs> <laughs> I, I changed my mind quite a lot right um and um i just all i know is that m love would know straight away <laughs> he so would as well <laughs> M. Love and Jules. Um, I think you'll find that's a um, that was my Julian Ryder impression. Brilliant. Uh, your impressions are actually. I mean, we need one a week. I think that's. Uh, becoming well, I can a bit do a Morgan one. Actually, it's, uh, go on. Well, it's similar to me, isn't it? Really. Brilliant. Could so, not so I could do a Morgan one. It's basically my voice, so I can do that. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it now. <laughs> can you not hear? Can you not tell? We're working hard on it. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, that and. Um, your big questions. I hope you've prepared some questions for our guest today. Big, big questions. Yes, I have. Yeah, you've yeah. prepared some. I'm have ready. You, seriously, I'm ready. have you prepped? Because I'm, I'm surprised if you prep on this one. Hey, let, we'll get into the guest in a minute, actually, because I do have a. I just want to, you know, get everyone up to date with what's going on, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. On the podcast front, Neil, I don't know if you saw. I know I told you we'd gone top ten in sport. We went top yep. five. What? <laughs> Top five, oh in, my in God. In sport, in sport. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Hey, hey Gav, there must be some crap podcasts that's what I'm, there. I, I, I was saying, seriously, people must really be bored. Really. It's <laughs> <laughs> to, to listen oh, brilliant. to this chuntering on. Uh, so I just want to thank people for, for listening and leaving good ratings. It really does help. It's really appreciated. Literally, all the podcasts around us are either Radio 5 on the BBC, so get quite well promoted there, or they're by, it's the Guardian Football Weekly, or the Telegraph, or whatever, and you, I mean, I'm here, you can possibly hear a child crying in the background, which is next door, because uh, the walls are so thin, I'm just doing it in the little attic office that you see on The Greatest Race, on BT, Hodgie's in his bed, I'm just, you're not, yeah, uh, you are wearing something though, I hope. Yeah, I've got my tracky bottoms on, but obviously I've, had, I've got no top on because I've been outside in the garden. So, you are joking, you know, mate. No, no, I'm actually I'm a bit not creeped out by it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I hey, am. Listen. Can you put a top on? No, I'm being serious. <laughs> but you know me, I've never got a top on. Well, I'm true. like the world's weirdest man. Yeah, but I thought what? more you'd be the sort who won't wear one outside, but then inside. 
Oh yeah, I'm wearing a t-shirt inside. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, weird. I'm constantly wandering around in my undies. It's all right. I, I do it so it encourages Vic to do it more, basically. <laughs> so weird, it's, it seems. I tell you what's been good. Go on. I've been thinking about it. Well, self-isolation. Vic started working out in the living room, watching these DVDs, which it's like a double whammy because usually the DVDs. It's she's not watching, the DVD whoever's... of uh, 2003, uh, Greatest Superbike <laughs> Moments, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that. Do you know what? There is, and I didn't realise this was the case, you can actually wear a DVD out, so that one now has worn out and doesn't um, work anymore. I know you're lying, because that one was <laughs> only in Betamax. <laughs> yeah, fair point. It was fair real point. to nasty, real. Nasty. Go on, so she's doing a, a DVD workout. Yeah. So it's a double whammy, because you get to see a little bit of action going on, you know, quite nice gear, gym gear, bending over and squats and stuff, so I'm not complaining. And it's like usually some one fit <laughs> sort of like celebrity DVD so I'll just keep wandering in and out having a quick look what's going on so happy days really I'm, I mean, uh, I'm, this, it, this it, ties you know. in quite nicely with um, text I received a message I received on Instagram from someone called Motoev46 and uh, he said he said, I saw Hodgie in the pits at Phillip Island. I don't think it was last year. I think it was in the past sometimes. He said, I saw Hodgie in the pits at Phillip Island. And he smiled at my girlfriend at the time. Obviously, they're not together anymore. Smiled at her in a way that made me think, we'd better leave the island straight after the race. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not like that, am I? You know me, the angsty Gav. I'm not like that. I'm not creepy. No, I'm, I hate that sort of character. You know, who's like? I love it. I could name a few. I could name a few races that are just yeah. like that, and I'm, I'm definitely not going well, to. Well, that's what he said. Anyway, he said he shared, he shared the podcast with his mates at home in Australia. Sorry, go on. Sorry, I'm just clearing the throat. Very closer. Um, <laughs> you would definitely not leave your girlfriend, wife, with definitely not. Do you know what? Actually, this is a true story. I was at a wedding, and um, probably about six years ago with Vic, and. It was Steve Brogan's wedding and Troy Corsa was there and I pointed him out. I said to Vic, keep your eye on him over there because <laughs> I tell you what, when he's had a beer, he gets he gets a bit touchy-feely. Anyway, fast forward about five hours, Vic comes up to me, she went, you were right about your mate. I went, yep. <laughs> Brilliant. Absolutely super. Oh, God bless. Um, so thanks to Motorway for your message as well. Um, he's an Aussie himself, actually, so he'll know uh, Troy particularly well. He said he shared it with his home uh, mates at home and in New York. So I hope you're all right up there. I know things aren't too great at the moment over in uh, New York. Just on the MotoGP front, before we talk about our guest, Neil, um, more races gone. Magello's gone. Catalonia's gone. Carmelo's now being quoted as saying it's tough to see how the season starts until there's a vaccine. Um, your belief is is not coming true, but that, it's getting closer, isn't it? I know, and I, God, I, you know this better than anyone. I've never wanted to be so wrong in my life. Yeah. You know, I, God, we're desperate. We are all desperate. Obviously, everyone's desperate to get back to some sort of normality. But, uh, you know, the thought, the wishes, the hopes and prayers that a season will start. So there was another report is, in, in GP1. That one, I think, was from the, the Germans in GP1 that it might start around Austria time, middle of August. Yeah. And then it's not gonna happen, start cra cra cramming them in then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He says it's hard with it being a global championship to ever consider it. So uh, I know I yeah. know people don't want to hear all these things, uh, but, you know, they are the news. It's what we're trying to do a little bit of news are we we're not really we just want a little chat to be honest but um we yeah, know you'll all be you'll all be thinking about it and worrying about it and we are we are 
know, yeah. there are bigger yeah, things I've, to I've worry about, stuff. of course. But yeah, other other big news, yeah, but... um, Neil. Did you see Joanne Zarco on Instagram playing the guitar, singing a song? Oh, I saw it. He was on Twitter. It made me laugh out loud because there's a lot of riders doing some great stories, which I'm loving everyone's stories. Steve Salford has been very entertaining. Wit's always Wit's entertaining. Wit's been great. Rob Mack. Uh... Rob Mack's been uh, Terry Reimer. James Hayden. Some great stories flying around. You, but then you, all of a sudden... You haven't got in, in uh, that Trachanora yet, have you? I haven't got into it yet. No, I've been I'm busy, busy, busy. Save your stories, man. Yeah, just save them for the podcast, all right? Yeah, save them for, for the podcast. Um, but then, then you flick through and all of a sudden you've got Zarko there, yeah. who I've got to say I'm a massive fan of. Yeah. Uh, I like him on and off the track. He's a quirky he's eccentric. character, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he's not over-friendly at times. Sometimes he'll be friendly. Sometimes he'll be a bit weird with you, which I'm okay with that. But when you just see him there with his guitar, just having a little sing-song... Not a care in the world. I've always said it never. Look, it doesn't look like a bike racer, does he? It doesn't look. No. I. He doesn't look fit. He looks like an accountant. He looks, you know, got long hair. He don't, I don't know. He just don't really fit the mould of a MotoGP rider. But bloody hell, that boy can ride. So. And he can play piano. And sing. And, and sing and play the guitar quite clearly as well. A lot yeah. of talent and gymnastics. He obviously likes his uh, backflips. The other backflips. Uh, interesting thing I saw on social media this week was um, an interview. Are from the BBC circa 1992, uh, oh, conducted God. by Barry Nutley. T- tell us more. Did you did you see that at all? What an absolute knob! There we go. I'm, I'm, what you're putting yourself in the entry? You know, no bracket. And I'm talking about myself. Yeah, it appeared. It appeared on Twitter uh, oh. this morning, and I retweeted it because I had to. So, yeah, basically, it's me. So it's 1992. Um, I'm 18 years old, near the end of the season. It's the first time the BBC wanted to interview me. So if you hear the way I'm talking, I sound like I've got a weird accent, <laughs> right? So at the time, I'd got a manager. I'd had the Roger Burnett was my manager, and he'd said, back in back in the olden days, it was a bit like this. He said, listen, no one's going to want to sponsor a, just like a thick northerner. Can't talk with such a thick, strong accent. You've got to try and tweak your accent a little bit. Roger's got a lovely speaking voice, hasn't he? That's that's probably part of it. Well, it is a bit, but Roger's still from from Grimsby, Grimsby. exactly. Yeah, he's he's from Humberside, isn't he? You know what I mean. So it's not like, but but he took the rough edges off his accent. So that was me trying to be posh. Oh, it's funny. Some good chat. Oh, yeah. There was just no (laughs) chat at all. Barry asked me a question and I give him like a three-word answer then just run out of things to say and stare at him and then he's like, oh, I better ask you another question then. So, yeah, it's... Yeah. Oh, cringe. 1992. Fun. That yeah, is funny. Go and have a search You've for You've got to laugh. Um, so, let's talk about our guest today, Neil. And uh, he's a good mate of yours and you go back a long way, don't you? We'll ask him about that uh, in a bit and what you were like. But he's got 23 tw- TT wins to his name, six Northwest 200 wins, first man to break 130 miles an hour, uh, at the TT on the Isle of Man, and uh, all round top top man, the McPint John McGuinness. Um, can't wait to have him. I've I've met him a few times, but I don't know him like you know him because you go back a long way, don't you? Wow, God, we go back to the eighties. So we used to do motocross at the same club, sort of near the end of like both of our like motocross careers. We did schoolboy motocross for for quite quite a lot of years. And then we started road racing at the same time. I think he might have started the year before. I think he started in 89. I started in 90. And then we we came along the same journey then. We did the sort of 
nationals together, British championships together, and just we've always been mates. John is John. John's never changed. Do you know what's weird about John is the fact that now I look at him and I think he's a legend. Everyone knows him as a legend, but it's John McGuinness from Morecambe because he's never changed. No. And you know the, what he's like. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just a brickie. I'm just a normal lad. Well, that's how he is. I spoke to him today earlier to ask him if he'd do the podcast and we FaceTimed and just some of the things he was saying to me, he just was just, he was just John. He's, he's not Flash, never been Flash, as you know. And so don't, don't give a fuck about anything, <laughs> really. It's, it's, it's just, it's that's true, John. though, isn't it? It's, you get what you see. You know, you yeah, literally, yeah. that is and it. We love him for it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a good character, great character as well. And seriously, seriously talented as well, Neil, on a motorcycle. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll t- I'm sure we'll ask him about it, but always everybody looks at John and just, just thinks road racing, but he was a great short circuit rider, very, very fast. He won a... 250cc championship roundabout, I'd say about 96, but I might be wrong, mm. um, and beat some quick lads. Did done Grand Prix racing, ended up doing a. I don't know if he. I know he did one wild card race um, round about 2000. I think he did a couple more than a couple of years before. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I looked actually. It, in 2000, he finished 13th in the race and he beat, believe it or not, Alex Barros, Goldberg. Uh, Nobu Aoki and Gary McCoy. Some, so some uh, you know, average ride. riders there then. Some real well, average sec, riders, as, exactly. Actually, as well, Gary McCoy, if that was 2000, then Gary McCoy won a race that, that year. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it was that, that wet race at Donington mm. where McWilliams um, almost... And Rossi... Did he almost did win? Rossi he won almost it. won it, won it. Yeah. And, and McWilliams Rossi's on the podium, win. yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, we'll so, ask him about that, definitely then. So I think it's fair to say he can he can ride on track as well as on road. You know, it's not, he's not just a road specialist. That said, he's a bloody good. Uh, obviously, <laughs> stating the obvious, he's a he's a, he's a good road specialist. He's near the end of his career, and he, we we need to ask him about it. Yeah. I'm like, because he's older than me. John's a year, eighteen months older than me. So I'm forty six. Oh, sorry, forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and as you know, I can't even imagine the thought of racing now. So to for him to still be prepared to literally put it on the line doing doing the roads i need to know what's going on in his head he was down to do the tt this year with kawasaki anyway right enough of us talking to each other about him right yeah it's it's five o'clock we need to call him because he's downloaded skype he's got his son ewan to do it for him because he's he's the ultimate technophobe he's even worse than me which is hard to believe and just when i facetimed him he's going so what do i do download skype all right so then what happens i was at work well do people see us and will we do they subscribe to, to like listen and I'm like it's just a phone call we'll just kind of have a chat okay and so then how does it go out what, what happens next don't worry about that we're, we're just going to talk we'll have a chat uh, all right all right so hang on so what happens when honestly it was it was funny right. bless him well, let, so, let's, get, let's see if it works if we can get it get him on because this is uh, someone who's downloaded Skype at Neil's behest who uh, as he's just uh, pointed out isn't uh, exactly, IT genius of the century. No. Let's have a go. There he is. Hello? Good. Hang on. 
Hang on, chap. I'm trying to work it out. <laughs> you can do this, John. John, you can bloody do this. Your passcode. What is my passcode? I don't know what your passcode is. Uh, do you, does he need his passcode? Well, right, hang on a sec. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Whoa. I've got Gavin's face now. Oh, you've got my face, have you? Blimey, no, you... Well, I've just got, I've just got some beauty shop where you're on holiday and fucking... <laughs> That's in... <laughs> where you, you we... probably... It's just, in Ibiza, that is. It looks, looks more like you just got out of bed with a prostitute or something in Thailand. <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Uh, I don't need to see you. If right, you I've, got, I've, got, I've got his face as well here. That's what's up for me. Well, me my, my face is minute in the corner, but I can't see you guys. Yeah, because I don't have mine on. We can just do it as right. um, you can just do it as a call. On the screen, there should be something that just says turn your video off. Because then it might be a better connection, but we can hear you great. So it's actually... It's, it's actually... Okay, right. I'm just in my toy shop. Oh, look at that. Oh, just one or two then. There's uh, about 57 bikes or something. About, about 57. I've just got to show Neil a bike here, a proper bike here, two-stroke. Hang on, I can can't see, see it. it. No. 500. I can't see it. Can you see it, Neil? No, I'm not. I'm just on the, oh, yeah. I'm just on the call. Somebody said that it might cost me 50p right, if, you, if you get video as well. So, I'm, you know, I don't want to be spending any money. Right, listen, let me go in my office because I'm in the garage and the signal's a bit up and down. So, All I'm right. working out a garage in town, yeah. right? All right, go can, on. Uh, we don't mess it up. Yeah. So, enjoying the sunshine here. We're getting a bit of sunshine up north. I know, same here. Well, I'm in Leeds, so it's uh, it's been lovely over here. It's been nicer here than it was supposed to be at the weekend. Yeah. Well, weekend, they said all that was going to be nice at weekend, but it was savage here Sunday. It was blowing a hoolie, so pretty crap. Yeah, same yeah. here. Same well, here. It got all, all got a bit cloudy. They got us all, they got us all excited, didn't they? And then, uh, yeah. Right, sweet. Got you. Lovely stuff. Right, so um, how are you anyway? How How is all this... Um, Lockdown life in, in Lancashire doing? Well, to be honest, I, I, honestly, it, I, I'm so lucky because we've got some space up here. We've got a few acres of land and garage full of toys and we've got some petrol. And uh, I suppose that's all we sort of need, really. Uh, but yeah, frustrating. It's frustrating, isn't it? You don't know how many people uh, now on hearing that are going, oh, I'm so jealous, I'm so envious of that. I've been able to get hey, out listen. Hey, listen, lads, you know, I'm feeling for, you know, you, you, your chaps who are sort of chapesses that are attracting, you know, places and cities. And I mean, I don't know. It's I'm just a northerner, really. And what's, at this moment in time, I feel privileged to be where I am. So, mm. you know, it must be super difficult for people with no gardens. And Yeah, uh, it must be horrible. Have, have you, has, has Becky given you a list of jobs? Because we've all had them. We've been talking oh, about. Oggy's been doing the fence. I've been uh, doing loads of different stuff around the house and gardening. Have you have you suddenly found more jobs than ever? I have, yeah, yeah. But to be honest, I've been quite enjoying them. So, but I've been chipping away really. So I don't want to peak too soon because you know, <laughs> we're going to be locked down for a month or two. It could be a while, couldn't it? So uh, I was rolling my fields today. I was I was rolling one of my fields uh, with my John Deere tractor. I was like, uh, you know, I was happy as a as a pig in poo. I was all right, you know. I had the radio on. And uh, yeah, just getting it prepared. I'd like to run a grass track actually at my place. Because right, I saw you'd, you'd done something before. Because you love your speedway and your and your flat track, that sort of yeah, things, yeah. don't you? And you were you you did have one bit. You 
you were doing things on one there. Have you have you got that sorted now? Yeah, we've got. Uh, it's like a bit of a McGuinness Ranch, really. It's not like your Texas Tornado Ranch. It's just a little bit, you know, not quite the same. But I've got a little speedway track, a little motocross track going. We've got like a little rally course track. Uh, we're going to build a bit of a go kart track. We've got no neighbours, so oh. it's just a big toy shop. So, but awesome. you know what I would really like to do, which is a bit weird. But when I when I grew up, I used to go to the to a lot of uh, and Neil could, you know, Neil Neil knows the crack. Neil, the old school grass tracks, if you like, you know, yeah. with... Um, yeah, the old stubble fields. Like a stubble field, but like a proper grass track, like... Oh, you mean the, like a, a proper proper oval? Yeah, an oval grass track. Yeah, with proper grass track bikes, but run a scrambler class as well. I call them scramblers. Run a scrambler as well, and then just have a beer tent and just maybe a bit of camping and a bit of a stopover and, and then see if I can make it work, you know? I don't know. Oh, you see... Hang on. John, John's... John's already thinking of a money-making scheme here, though. I can see that. Beer 10. It's just just 15 quid to come in. We'll put on a few races. Oh, I'll do it for a tenner. We'll do it for I'll a do, It's cash. I can, yeah, I can already cash. see your it's son. Tenor, yeah. Yeah, your son will be there. Ewan will be there on the gate, obviously. Because Ewan's, Ewan's already told me, he said, that obviously, I do a lot of work with my dad. You know, it's one for him, one for me. So you can just... He's got big pockets. That, that'll be my that'll be my dad that that'll be my dad coming out of him with the old uh, one for me one for you job so but, uh, yeah he's he, he does all right I'll tell you he's got he's got a car he's got his insurance he's you know he's got he's got a little pad he's got his boudoir here and you know I I've got to drag him out of bed in the morning to get him to do a few little jobs and stuff but how things have changed nearly you know when we were kids we were up and we were trying to build a go kart or make a trailer or do a BMX bunny hop or something you know yeah. I don't know. These, these, they're just different generations. So, John, Archie yeah. was just it's telling so- us that about you two doing schoolboy motocross together. Yeah. What was it? What was he like back then? What was uh, Archie like? Were you, were you pals then, all the way back then? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I knew of Neil, but Neil was always the cool kid with all the new gear and he had the blonde uh, hair. He's making, oh. he was making out the complete opposite. <laughs> nah. No, he was always he, he was the uh, yeah the cool kid and 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 his his brother as well. They were they were fast, they were good, they were fair. And like you say, you know, Vela Rossendale, all their meetings around there. There were stubble fields. They were good crack, you know. They were good fun, and they were grassroots racing. It was cheap, and and uh, you know we'd be tearing around the paddock, pulling over a few wheelies on BMXs and stuff, chasing the girls, and and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was good, you know. I mean. It's my heart was always on the road racing when I did some did, did motocross and stuff. It was always my heart was always in the road racing, so it was good. It was good to learn. It was good the connection between your bum and your, your throttle, and and it was just learning and 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 some and that's that's all we ever knew, you know. And uh, Gav, go on. Do you know what what what's really interesting is what John said there is so true though. We were lucky, right? Because up north we didn't have motocross tracks. We just had we just had fields. And a lot of the tracks we went to were just flat fields. And essentially what we were learning was how to control a bike and slide a bike. And it's what it's no different to what Mark Marquez has been doing or what the Americans mm. did. We didn't realise what we were learning, but we were learning what John said, the connection mm. between the throttle and your bum, basically what the rear of the bike's doing. So and you, you can control you thought you were messing about? Exactly. Yeah, we were just racing tumble fields. But essentially what we, we when we started road racing, we were ahead of the game straight away. When we got on tarmac, because it was easy for us, because when the bike slid a little bit, you, you were used to having that quick reaction to understand what to do. But 
but it weren't like I said that wasn't planned was it it was just a case of that's what we'd done for quite a lot of years as kids but it was great you know it, it, it was great you know the dads would be hanging over the rope I mean dad would be going mental at me you know it's you know sometimes he'd lift the ropes up and, and, and tell me to get off the track if I wasn't doing any good you know <laughs> there's, there's, there's been a there's been a few times where I've I've had the old little argument with my dad, you know, and fired a few words into him and then walked off and I've I've come back sort of half an hour later with my tail between my legs and there'd just be a square where the van was. He'd just, have, he'd, he'd leave me, so I'd have to get a lift home with somebody. Blooming uh, I mean, my and dad, my dad yeah, would be dad and, and Neil, you know, you were the same, Neil, wasn't it? You know, he was the exactly, most... Exactly, exactly, exactly the same. That drive home when you've not done so good was, it was all, you could hear a pin drop all the way home, couldn't you? And, you know, you'd be looking down at your feet, but you know, the, on, on the next meeting, Dad would be proudest dad in the world. Throw for beyond dashboard at Van, wouldn't it? You'd be, you know, you'd be on your way home, and you know, it was just great. It was great. It's so it's so funny because it'd be like that after you do practice, Gav, and you come after practice. And my dad would be packing the back of the van up. <laughs> this is after practice, and I'd go. <laughs> I can imagine Mark doing it. Like, dad I, I, and I'd have I'd have horror on my face. I'd go, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And he'd go. Well, there's, there's no point in bloody effing being here, is there? If you're going to ride like that, there's no point in me being here. I've got plenty of things yeah. I, but I can be doing with my time. And I'll be going, no, 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 it's all right. I won't, I can, I'll go faster and the races. But like, like you said it with your son Ewan and I'm like that with my kids. It's just different mm. generation. If you did that with your yeah. kids now, there'd be people going, wow, he's the worst dad in the world. You can't do that. But it was tough love, wasn't it? It was, yeah, but like you say, it's he's it, your hero, isn't he? Your dad's still your hero. You, know, you, have heroes in, yeah, you have heroes in racing, and you know. But, but the bottom line is, your old man, he wants best for you, and he knows when you're doing all right, and he knows when you're not putting the effort in, and you know, you have that little row because you're a teenager, and you think you know better, but you don't, and it's just it's grounding you into, you know, to to take, take you on to to what hopefully you know you can achieve later on in life, you know. And uh, I, I still respect my dad, you know, he's, he's a big fat lazy bugger now and but he's still going do you know what i mean he's nearly 70 year old but you know i sent him a picture today i was in my tractor and i was rolling field and i said dad i said i sent him a little video i said rolling field ready for grass track and he says he said i'll show you the way laddie get it get it <laughs> i'll show you the way brilliant so it could be all 500 ccm coming out you know 1978 ccm coming out with old m robert boots on or something and his oh, leather pants bloody hell Oh. He'll have a stadium helmet on with Preston Peak, won't he? Goggles on. Not be, <laughs> there'll be no face mask on it, just be goggles and peak and moustache with porn moustache sticking out from classic Whoa. look. That sounds like my I, helmet, doesn't it, Neil? The, I, the one yeah, that you it, love. it does. <laughs> I've seen you. I've seen you riding. Where, where were you riding? Was it that Snowquake or something? You were having a go on summit. You were, We've, we did yeah. Quake and Snowquake, and we did. We went to Aidan Collins Place, actually, up in Buxton. Yeah. We did a, a day there, which was superb. Absolutely loved that. That was uh, What a beautiful place that was to go and ride. Yeah. Uh, I, I recommend, I recommend that to everyone, actually. I've been there. Go, yeah, I've been there. No, it's been brilliant there. to... And it, it's it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? A little blast around exactly. in a real picturesque place. You know, I've got a couple of those bikes, those uh, speedway bikes with the small engines in, the little 150s in, and bit, my little track is actually it's coming in, it's it's working in quite good now at the minute. It just needs a bit, you need to put a bit of water on it. You can get a bit of a slide on. So, but yeah, it's. Um, yeah, those little bites are good to train. And when you get on the 500s, that's a different story. Oh, no chance. <laughs> Absolutely no chance. Straight, I wouldn't be turning. I'd be going straight up and over the fence. I would, without a doubt. They get they get your attention. I can honestly. imagine. I can imagine. Um, yeah, big respect for them, Speedo. 
Well, that's what I was going to ask, actually, because obviously you're known for, for road racing, but we were talking before about your short circuit abilities and that it wasn't uh, shy at all. Yes. But I wondered, in terms, you mentioned your motorcycle heroes being your dad then, but who, who was it? Was it... Was it speedway? Was it motocross? Or was it on the roads? Or was it a, you know someone who who race on circuits? Who was it you you yeah. emulate? Wanted to emulate? Well, my hero always was Joey Joey Dunlop, really, right. uh, and sort of still is. It, it's, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, Sheen Roberts. When I were a kid, you know, a seventies baby watching them Sheen Roberts battles, Will Artog. Uh, nope, just lost you, John. Have you ever lost you, Neil, as well? No, I'm still to the TT when I was 10 years old in 1982. And, you know, they, they came down Braille. There'd be, be people like Mick Grant, jo, uh, Joey Dunlop, Ron Aslan, uh, all of them. They were gladiators to me. And I saw Joey, the helmet, yellow helmet on. And, uh, you know, five times world champion. And he, he was my hero, you know, number three. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I got to be... You know, my first ever race at TT, he won the race. The first time I got on the podium uh, on a superbike, he won the race. I was third. Me and Michael Rutter were on the podium. And the pair of us were, were sort of either side of this 48-year-old man thinking, you know, what an old bastard he is, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what he did that week, and I was actually his teammate as well. So from being a hero of mine to, to working alongside him to being his teammate to racing in the same races with him you know it was pretty pretty special really you know and I was with him only sort of a few days before he got killed in Estonia you know so mm. I got quite close to him I thought you know a lot of other people I didn't I just I was young and I I don't know I, I used to talk to him when I was his teammate and I, I, I think he he had no choice but to talk to me because I was just a young kid like little 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 gibbering away in his ear and <laughs> And uh, you know what it's like, and and you know just just to other people said you got a lot closer to Joey than than you probably ever thought you did. If that makes sense, that you must know? be special. Yeah. That must that must feel special yeah. to, to have got. Is it part of that? Why? Because yeah. you're. I mean, in theory, you you if the TT hadn't been cancelled this year, you're going again. Is that part of what keeps you going? Yeah. Well, I thought you know, 48 year old Joey was 48. He won three. Uh, he's won 26. I've won 23. You know, he went. He was going to the TT at 48 with 23 wins. You know, who knows? I mean, I've no crystal ball. I don't know, but it's just a disease for me, mate. I've, I've, I've stuck. I feel like I'm stuck in a bit of a rut at times, you know, and I don't know any different. You know, there's nothing else in my world, which is sometimes a bit sad, really. But I don't know. I just love, I love racing my bikes, and I love that anticipation, the, the nerves, the, the waiting for the postman to deliver your new leathers and your helmet and stuff like that. I still get that buzz, loading my camper up, putting the family in, going racing. And, and you know, where I was in 2016, I felt like I was riding the best or as good as I've ever mm. ridden at the TT. And then 2017, through no fault of my own, and which it's all documented, we know yeah. what happened. The yeah. Team 5 raid was was pretty disastrous and I ended up getting injured on it and I feel like it's not not like unfinished business but I never ever wanted to finish me motorbike career mm. on a golf course you know I was upside down with the snap leg on a golf course and I flipping hate golf as it is so but <laughs> no end in high career on, really, on the eighth green of a putting green so and then you know we know again this Norton thing it was disastrous you know the, the uh, as it all unfolded in the in the press and can understand why there was no budget to run the bike, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And, 
Hey, there was, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was budget. <laughs> yeah, no, it must have was, been for handbags. <laughs> there were definitely budget flying around, but we don't, where, where, where that budget went, God only knows. Oh, honestly, you know, I just... I started doubting myself, mate. You know what I mean? I started doubting my own ability at times and my own thoughts and things about racing. And, you know, I've done done a few things. I've ticked a few boxes and done all right, you know. And, and after the, the episode at the TT and I'm there with the engine bolt hanging out of the bike, I thought, is this a sign, you know? Do, do I actually know what I'm doing here? I must be mad. And, and then I went to Macau and Birdie's Ducati, that V4, Scott Redding's bike, and I went faster than I've ever gone around there. And I was... I was hitting all the apexes. I was hitting all the spots. I super enjoyed it. And when I got off that bike, I thought, you know, yeah, you haven't forgotten how to do it, lad. You know, kept it to myself, but I doubted myself. And that was the, that's what, you know, floated my boat again, if you like. That's what rekindled my fire and, and, and got me going again. That's why I got excited for this year. So anyway, I'm waffling on. No, no, not at all. We love hearing it. That that's the thing. And, yeah. and Pete, we, are, you know, a lot of people would want to know it, and and we know you, but we want we want to know as well what what drives yeah. you. I was speaking to Neil about it earlier, weren't we, Neil? And and you were talking yeah. about the motivation. And you you sounds like you've still got that love for it. Mm. Well, I I was saying to Gav. Gav asked me, "Is like, you know, obviously you were going to do the TT this year. What do you think drives him?" And I mm. I said, "I don't know because yeah. for me." When the ship sailed, I, I'm relieved because it was mm. so stressful, and that's just doing short circuits. So, yeah. like I, I, obviously we've had lots of chats about it, John, over the years. But I'm always saying to you, "Hey, mate, it's all right. Life's good. You know, there's life after racing. You'll be okay." Yeah. Because, because that's how yeah. I feel about it. But I understand it's a decision you've to make yourself, and I know you, you probably get sick of talking about it because mm. it's not that people want you to retire. Yeah. You to retire on your own terms, you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't want to make a decision for you, but I just, I mean, you know. The, 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 the time to get out would have been 2016 when I fi- finished on the podium, or 2015 when I won that senior. I should have mm. took a big bow and did a, and walked away, but uh, I, don't, I don't know, you, you know, it's, I do worry about what's going to happen when I retire, what's going to fill the gap, but I want, I actually want it, sort of, a part of me wants it to happen, really, you know, another part doesn't do. If that makes sense. I want yeah, a little dick bird to tell me to stop, you know, not 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 stuck throttling through a fence at the northwest and then yeah, no. having a cage on your leg and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, you know. Just, yeah. You know, there was there was six there's eight six or eight months of my life gone there. And and and, that, and then people say, Well, you know, why would you want to put yourself through that again? And why would you want to do this? And I don't know. I got i I've got some weird weird takes on life sometimes. It's a bit bizarre, you know. I mean if I don't one of my friends a few months ago, he got he got cancer. And ten, ten weeks from start to finish, we buried him, you know. And he was 52. Um, I just think if, if you set off, if you started off at your life and you, had, you were sat at a table and somebody dealt you a pack of cards and said, you can have 50 fantastic years or 60 shite ones, which ones would you take? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say, really, but I just... I, well, I love, love that outlook. I love that outlook. Yeah, it's still... a really positive outlook, though. It is. Yeah. I just... I've just... Honestly, I've come from nothing and, and travelled the world. I've done World Super Sport, World Endurance. We've done some Grand Prix. I've done... Ticked all the boxes and I, and I, and I've nothing else to tick, you know. And, but I just... 
what else do I do? You know. Hey, talk, do tell us about tell us about the Grand Prix because um, you'd won a, a British two hundred and fifty championship. You did a two hundred and fifty Grand Prix, right? First of all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that been Rossi's time. Two hundred and fifty wildcard. Sorry. We, uh, but Rossi, Rossi Labine. Yeah, track, I, I, when, when Valentino won his first ever five hundred Grand Prix race at Donington, I was in that race. I yeah. finished third. Yeah. You know, it was, I, it's a could be a bit of a, an excuse and a bit of a waffle on, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick overlook of it. You know, I was I was the only one on the new Dunlop rear or Dunlop tires, and they, they brought out in like what's called an aeroplane wet, which is that first one with the stripes on instead of the blocks. Mm. I was the only one on Dunlops, and the race was soaked at the start of the race. When it had been a long race, it dried out. But at the start, I was dead last, and I was wobbling around. I was fucking embarrassing myself. And then it, the, the track and the tyres started coming to me. But all of a sudden, I'm fastest on the track. <laughs> uh, red, red helmets at the time, I think, was it, in 2000. You get these red helmets up, so you're fastest on track. So all of a sudden, I'm catching Barros, I'm catching... Uh, Aoki, then I'm catching uh, Jim and Alan, I'm catching these other guys, and I'm catching them and passing them. I'm like, oh, this is sweet. And uh, well, the, the, one, the one thing I do remember about that race is as I was coming out of Goddard's, and, and Neil's been in this situation, I'm sure, you, when you go down Goddard's, and sorry, when you go down Coppice and down the back straight, you can see the riders going around Goddard's, can't you, until yeah. you can't finish. Yeah. You can see them coming around there. Um, my motivation for the race, for about 15 laps, I could see Valentino. Uh, Jeremy and uh, Kenny Roberts on the brakes going into that lap after lap after lap so I was matching their pace and uh, yeah it was somehow proud of some it was really really cool to do um, the most embarrassing thing somebody ran on the track and gave me a flag and I dropped it in the back wheel and it got <laughs> wrapped on the back wheel and locked the back wheel up <laughs> what a you didn't go down was. though did you no, I just started tightening up and tightening up. It was wrapped around yeah. back wheel that much. It sort of seized the back wheel. I had to get in the course car and come back. So, no. All right, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dick. <laughs> All right. What a tool. But I did the 1999 Grand Prix 500, did the 1998 one. And, you know, the 98 one was when uh, Simon Crayford won on the. Oh, yeah. And he was on, he was on the Dunlop. Dunlop. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know the irony of that? In, in 1998, I finished. 12th in the 500 Grand Prix, but I actually got lapped by uh, uh, by Simon. Mick Doohan was second, and Aoki was third, I think, on the Suzuki. And all three of them lapped me. And I was like, well, I scored some points. I did what I did. I did my best with what I had. And then in 1999, same bike, same race, 500 Grand Prix as well. And uh, I was dicing the whole of the race with Simon Crafer on the MUZ with Mitch Wins on. Mm. Bloody the year before he won the race, and then the year after, I'm having You're a dink with him. On the it was the Muzz, wasn't it? The Memuzad thing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that was a bit of a dog, wasn't it? But it just—it's like how fickle racing is, and how yeah. difficult it is if things aren't right and you don't get the feel you need, or the team around you, or the confidence. So you know, it's—you uh, got literally hero to zero. Yeah, from the, from one of the from fighting well from dominating the Grand Prix of the year the year before to the wobbling around in tenth place for me. And you know what? The front wheel, the front tyre on my 500 had been kissing the radiator for the whole of the race. And eventually it rubbed a hole in the radiator. And on lap 30, my 500 seized up on, on the last lap. Out of 10th oh. place. On, out of 10th place, you know. Bloody hell. That was, think, that's you know, like you a sliding doors moment, isn't it? Nobody's one of those. Really, you know, nobody's interested. But for me, I can remember it like yesterday. I bet you can. Uh, you know, I just thought 10th place is going to be 10th. And it just nipped up. 
one last lap. I couldn't believe it. And it just and it had been just dribbling the water away for, for like probably ten laps as it's been coming out coming out the radiator, it's been evaporating, but it's lost its water, overheated and seized up on the last lap. So Yeah. Um tell us about um so I was chatting to um Oji before about uh World Supersport when you're over uh doing that. <laughs> Come on, yeah, well, Neil, Neil was laughing about a couple of bits. I've got memories about that, John. Oh, dreadful year that for me. No, 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 but not on track. It was all off track. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was that when I was uh, putting me putting me five hundred liters of red diesel in next year, trying to do? (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Explain. Explain. Go on. Well, basically, I was in bed, and it's the night before the race. I can't remember which track it was, but oh yeah, Monza. That's right. And it's probably about 11 o'clock at night. I've been in bed an hour because it's the night before and I'm nervous and I'm a stress head and I'm worried. And I'm like, God's sake, what's that noise next door? And I knew John had parked his motorhome next to me. And then I could hear like these chinking of like tins <laughs> and like you could hear like the side of a locker and then you could hear a bit heaving and just look up this noise going on. So then I like slide the curtain back and look and it's on. <laughs> it's got it's got a set of gloves on and he's, he's pouring this big five, well, not five litre, what? Oh, 20 litre can of red diesel. Drums. There were them 50 litres. Oh, 50 yeah. litres, yeah. <laughs> Big and I see, in the, I, 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 I see the next thing, I'm like, what the fuck was happening last night? <laughs> and and he's, like, he's like, well, just f- filling, filling the old girl up with a bit of red. You know, <laughs> hey, I can't, it's, it's like, I can't afford to drive it out here any other way. I mean, obviously, I know you don't do anything like that now, John. This was back oh, in no. the day, yeah. you know. <laughs> I got... <laughs> I got done for it in '98 in a transit van, but that was all right. Five hundred quid, so I'm in front. You're up. You're up. That trip, that trip, you know, Monza. I'll never forget it again. Good crap, because I, I, I'm looking for Monza. I've never been to Monza before, and it's a pig to find, isn't it? It's just in like a like a. It's, there's no signs. There's no signs. It's, yeah, it's in a massive park. You just can't find the entrance. So I'm going around, going around. It's two in the morning. I've driven a full shift. I've come from wherever. I'm absolutely knackered and desperate to get to the track. Becky's having to do it with me. Ewan's only one year old, screaming his head off his back. I'm stressing like mad. I'm really low on diesel at this point. So I pulls in, I pulls, it's about God knows what time in the morning. So I pulls into the gate, shows me passes, and the motor on stops. It runs out of diesel <sighs> in the gate. All the oh. Italians are going absolutely mental at me. So I'm like, trying to speak in pigeon English like, it's no diesel, it's run out of diesel. And uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bleed it up, you know, because I blocked the entrance into the, into the, into the uh, circuit. Lo and behold, who comes past? The only people that were ever my friends, apart from yourself, Neil, obviously, the only people that were ever my friends at World Supersport that kept me sane was a load of sidecar lads. So they're, they're walking in. Next thing you know, they're not bothered. They rolls their sleeves up, starts bleeding camp up, and he gets it going. So I went in and uh, got it packed up, yeah. So the old sidecar boys pulled me out of the shit there. <laughs> Absolutely super. <laughs> it was so tough. I tell you, I was one... I think I was 1.2, 1.2 off pole at Monza, and I was last. <laughs> I was last. I couldn't believe it. It was so competitive that 600 uh, class then. World Supersport in, in the early 2000s was nuts. And uh, who would it have been then? Vermeulen or would it have been Andrew Pitt? Well, it was uh, Whitten was at, uh, Whit- at the front of that. Yeah, Fabian Foré on the Foré, yeah. yeah. But there were there were Factory Suzuki with Shambon. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fujiwara, Fujiwara, there were loads of them, weren't there? There, were, there was Casoli, there was the Ducatis running there, there was uh, 
that Kellner and that toy, toy shirt, them, them German lads, and it was super, super hard. I scored a few points through, through the year, but it was tough. I went to circuits I'd never seen before. I went to Kailami, and uh, I got off the plane, didn't feel very well. I got pneumonia and spent five days in a hospital in uh, in uh, Kailami. Really? And, uh, yeah, I went to, uh, some. I was in a private. I was in a private hospital, but it was a bit ropey. They were coming in with gunshot wounds and stabbings, and Oof. I was wiped out. And there was a little Chinese man next to me in the bed. And he just kept shitting bed every every about every two hours. <laughs> and I was I was just wedged in this place. And yeah, so we did the free practice on the Friday, and then I went to hospital for the rest of the rest of the trip. Yeah, great memories. I love South Africa. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. All the things you ever dream of being a world champion. I got to world championship, and you know what? I wanted the ground just to open up and swallow me up. It was horrible. Yeah, um, but the team yeah. was not very good. The bike was slow, and that's mm. you had one year at it. And like mm. you said, there were there were no slow riders. There were factory teams, factory you know, factory teams on factory bikes. Yeah, factory riders. Yeah. It was it was a tough time, wasn't it? I got- you know, I got replaced by a Japanese rider. For, when I went to the TT, I got replaced by a Jap rider, and he, he, he crashed on that bike and broke his wrist. It was just doomed, that thing. And the only time I ever kicked a bike, you know, in temper, I got really mad with it because it used to blow up, and it used to break the cam trigger. Uh, so cool. I mean, the TT, I begged and begged for him to, to, to try and use a different engine, and, you know, I was certainly capable of winning the 600 TT on it and I would dice him for the lead with Jim Moody and it threw a rod at the end of the Cronk of Odyssey straight and it's one of the closest I've ever come to like you know having a huge one I went like up the grass bank on the exit of the uh, Cronk of Odyssey straight bounced down the grass bank and then they were pulled up on the side of the road and I started booting bike in temper which is so unlike me and uh, I was screaming at the marshal to get the oil flag out. And then Ian Duff has come around the corner. He went sideways on my oil and he nearly crashed as well. So, yeah, it was uh, a year to forget, really. I had, a, I had an old KTT on, on the superbike. And, and, uh, but the 600 was disastrous for me. I, do you know, I loved about that year was when, can you remember Philip Island, you and your jet lag? Yeah. Fun, do, do you know what? <laughs> It was so funny. So John arrives. Like, I've been to Phillip Island so many times. And I know, you know, first time you go to Australia, you arrive there and you do, you're absolutely, you're destroyed. And you always get there in the morning, don't you? Yeah, you literally land, don't you? Melbourne Airport, it's about 7 o'clock in the morning. And then you mess around, get a hire car, drive two hours, an hour and a half down to Phillip Island. You get get to Phillip Island at about lunchtime, 12 o'clock. And the key is stay away that day. (laughs) So I see John and I go, John, stay awake. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I see him then the next day and he looks even worse. And I go, John, what's going on? And he went, he went, oh, well, now listen to what you said. I get it. But he said, I checked into my hotel room at 12 and I thought I'd just have five minutes on the bed. (laughs) And then... And, and then, so I see him the next day and I'm like, yeah, what happened? He's like, well, obviously I fell asleep and I had like 10 hours sleep straight <laughs> and I wake up and it's like, uh, like 12 o'clock at night and then I'm awake all night. And then Ugh. it's like, you, you never got, you never got out of the cycle. You were just jet lagged the whole weekend. It is horrendous. I'm just, I'm just a Northern kid. I was lost, you know what I mean? Just living the dream in Australia, but it's, uh. That was that test, wasn't it? We had a test before it. And, uh, yeah, that was it. I had, All right. I had a crash Crap. out on the air pin as well. And fucking, 
hurt my leg real bad, put me out of the test here. Yeah. So I didn't break it, but you know, when you just whack your leg and yeah, do you know what? And then we went back and then we did Valencia and we blew every engine up in Valencia. Carl Muggridge was my teammate at the time, and old Muggridge was he was infuriated by it all. And I'm like, sort of taking a few things on the chin, so I'm a bit soft, but he was going mental. He must have wrote about six helmets off every time he come in, just threw his helmet at the garage wall and bounced his helmet off the wall. Uh, yeah, he was a bad tempered bugger. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough time, you know. I, I, I had nowhere to go as well. I mean, you would, you would, you were stressed. Like you, you did say it before. There, you went to bed early at Monza because you were stressed. But you were a bad tempered bugger you, <laughs> when you were racing. Yeah, it like you never. It was always really like you never really enjoyed being there at times. I don't know. And I think that's why I enjoy retirement so much mm. because it's like I've, I've done it. I've come to the end. I couldn't have tried any harder. And actually, it wasn't that pleasant. Mm. It was. It was not what people think when people people say to me, "Oh, God, you were living the dream racing bikes." I'm like, "No, I'm living the dream now. This yeah. is living the dream." Because, but I put myself under so much pressure. But I think a lot of that came from my dad yeah. in the early days. Well, from what you both said about yeah, you know. we're not here to have fun. It's not fun. We're not here to have fun. Yeah. We're here to win. So, so, you know, so for, for like the both of you, deal. for the both of you, then when's been your happiest time on a bike? <laughs> then. Yeah, uh, I mean, when school by motocross was my, my happiest time because because you got off your bike, there were no debrief, there were no download. You rode, you know, you rode around, did a race, and then you got in your BMX and you went pulling wheelies with your mates. Mm. That was that was like what racing bikes was about. Do you know what I say to a lot? I, I speak to a lot of parents. So parents come up to me now and say, um, "Oh, can you give us some advice? My son's twelve. And he's doing mini motos, and he's going to be. He wants to be the next world champion. Can you give us some advice? And I always say, make sure you enjoy it. Mm. Try and enjoy it. Don't try and become world champion because if you think you're going to make a load of money and become world champion, the odds are pretty much against you. So make your priority fun. You know, yeah. don't you don't have to go to the the next level all the time. Enjoy the level you're at for a bit. And it might be bad advice, as in I might have put someone off becoming preventing someone from being a world champion but if, if i can make people enjoy the sport more like i didn't mm. you know then do you then feel do you feel differently good. then john does, does it was yeah, it a different I, experience i i motocross or scrambling was a bit of a struggle for me i think my dad wanted it a bit more than me even though it was great at times and the worst dad in the world at times but when i went when i went road racing he was really mad at me when I decided to go pure road racing. When I did my first Northwest 200, he went on the wall at me and he wouldn't come with me, which was super unusual for my dad because he was like my mechanic and stuff. So I never really felt the pressure on the road racing side. So I, I tended to sort of enjoy it a bit more mm. for now. And, you know, a lot of people ask me, how have you done it? And to be honest, I haven't got an answer for it. I wish I did. You know what I mean? There isn't a... You don't have a handbook, do you? You don't buy a handbook from shop. You know, you know how to make a recipe, or you might know how to make egg and chips or whatever. But you don't have to really do it, do you? And I don't know. Like you said, Neil, just enjoy it. I did. I, I enjoyed it, and I, I took it all in my stride. And I had a beer, and I had a bit of crack, and stopped up late at night and did things. And I don't yeah. know. I think I went to bed early and drank water. I think, 
and I stress. Think the, yeah, but you won a world championship, mate. I never, I never won a world championship. You know, I, I, I never got anywhere near winning a world. Yeah, championship. but conversely, conversely, John, though you've got twenty-three TT wins 20... in your name, and there's a bit of the course named after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, you know exactly what? on the most famous magic... strip of road in the world for racing. Yeah, I didn't have a magic wand, though, boys. You know, I just. I used my personality. I, I I enjoyed it. You know, a lot of these kids now they don't have a personality. You know, they're like they're not allowed to have a personality. You know, you look on Instagram now. I pull my hair out. They're all half dressed, doing boring. You know, what's happened? Yeah. To them? You know, it's just why is nobody doing standard things anymore? What what we used to do. Uh, well, that's that's just the the, the way it is. You know, I, I don't know. It's. Uh, a good, a good question. It's, an, it's, a, it's a big debate, isn't it? You know, I, I like some. I, I feel like sometimes, maybe like you do, Neil. Like, like I'm sort of people's manager at times. You know, I looked after Hutchie a little bit. I looked after a few riders, and like David Todd at the minute. You know, I like these kids. You know, I want to see them succeed. I really, really do. Yeah, I want David, to see to- do well. David I want Todd's to see going places, places, isn't he? Yeah, but he's got his head screwed on. He's a nice, yeah. Lad, yeah. decent kid. Do you know what I mean? I, I've had him stopping at my house a couple of times, and we were playing in field, and we're doing what we're doing what you're supposed to do, which is enjoy what you do. Mm. You know, nobody's got a a gun to your head. Nobody's. Uh... And do you know what? The, the big thing is that the mould he comes out of is polite and he's nice. And Connor Cummins is out of the same mould, and a couple of other guys. You know, they they say please and they say thank you. And is it okay if I do this? And can I stop at your place? Is that okay? You know, a lot of people just expect it, don't they? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like I like that, uh, and I want to see him do well. You know, and and keep keep the uh, you know the, the God, I was going to say you know keep the profile of the riders. You know, have them, so they can have a value in, in in the job. You know, yeah, a bit of character, a bit of character, and a bit of uh, it sounds like upbringing to me on both of those. That's, mm. that, that sounds mm. like what it is, um, Neil. <clears throat> yeah, I just um, wondered when um, we spoke to Susie the other day. You. Um, Got some questions. Have you got any more big questions? I've got some big questions, John. Um, as a bit of a feature, it's probably the main part, I'd say, really, of <laughs> the podcast. I, I ask you, I ask four quick-fire questions. They're really important questions, <laughs> and I just want like one, one word answer. Oh, we got a waffle on. No, no, just like real quick little answers for these. These are important. Right, I'm going to start with right. So your name's John McGuinness. You have the pint of Guinness logo everywhere. Is that your favourite drink? Probably not. <laughs> You're a gin and tonic boy, aren't you? Uh, do you know what? I, I, yeah. Sort of. Bit of, bo- wild. Bit of Bombay. Uh, well, no, I got I got a bit of a bad experience on it in Macau a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, gin and tonic sort of turns turn my stomach again now. Do you know what? I'm, I'm up for... If somebody hands me something and it's free, I'll drink it. I'm, I'm like you, Neil. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Good lad. I bet you can right. take. I bet you can take more than Neil. <laughs> right. Shut it. I'm all right. Oh now. yeah. He's up, he's upside down at the sniff of a barmaid. Shut day, it. Isn't it. Hey, what about your stag do? I did all right. <laughs> I, <laughs> can we talk about your stag do? Did you make it? Actually, did you make it till uh, past nine pm? Oh, that was that stag do was epic, wasn't it? We had a pint in every pub around the TT track. Yeah. Fourteen. Well, pints. We, Oh my goodness! You know, I tell you what, listen, Gav. You know, you when you've had a good stag do, when it's the front page of the Isle of Man newspaper <laughs> the following really? week. Oh no! Yes, it was, for... over, it was over. A, we, we, nicked, we nicked a bucket of parsnips. <laughs> it, it didn't go down well. I mean, that is big time. That is, you know, I'm surprised you not. Well, that that brings Matt Robbery. That 
Neil was walking out of the uh, ginger hall with a record player until somebody grabbed his collar and said, where are you going with that? <laughs> yeah. We, we definitely, we, yeah, it got, we got a little bit giddy. <laughs> What about the? What about me? My dad were driving. My old fella were driving the, driving this minibus, and uh, I was co-driving over the mountain. So I'm like, do it flat, do this flat. Oh, oh gosh. So we're flat Can out you... over the mountain. When we got to the Craig Nabarth at next pint, we got out, and the front discs were glowing red. Yeah. So all of us, this every, when you're full of drink, you're full of pee as well. So we all peed on discs. So it was just steamy pee coming <laughs> off the old uh, discs. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. bad. Can you imagine the state of me? So we'd have you drinking every pub. God. Like, so, uh, Were you asking started, if water counted? No, no, honestly, I started pints, right? So I got to, let me think where I got to on pints. Well, I, I, I got to... Um, Braille. No. no <laughs> I'm trying to think which pub I got to. I, 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 I did the first three or four, I think, and then... I, was, like, I got to Kurt Michael, Mitre, wasn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, the mitre. That was it. Yeah. That's when I, yeah, that's where that's where it all started to go wrong. The hi- highlight of the mitre was uh, was when uh, Prince William and uh, Catherine was getting were getting married or whatever. They just got together, and there was a life size there was a life life size cardboard cutout. One there of them two. <laughs> yeah. And my brother Kurt folded uh, William's head back, so it was just his head holding the. Uh, Holding on to Catherine, and he just bored a little hole where his penis should have been, and fed his fed his willy through the hole. So it was fantastic. He was stood there with with his lad with his lad sticking through cardboard cutout with his head on. Bloody hell, that was funny. That was funny. Some crack, wasn't it, Neil? Uh, hey, I, I, I tell you what, Gav. Right, we got we got. We we'd got to Ramsey, and we had a we had a pint there, and then we found this old sofa. Out the back of this pub, obviously. So we got, so, yeah. So we got it into the back of the um, coach, and then we we drove and we dropped it off at Ramsey Airfield. Yeah, we made a grandstand. We made a grandstand. Honestly, <laughs> we were such a mess. What you can't believe is, so we did that all day, and then we had the full night out in town. <laughs> Can you imagine what we were like when oh we walked into goodness. into the nightclub? It was a mess. Wasn't oh. it? What a mess. Right, so hang on, I've not finished my quick-fire question. Sorry, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, we've ruined the feature. Oh, you're boring now. Right, um, question number two. Who was your school girl, school boy? School, school boy. You've just, copied, school boy you've just copied these from Susie's. No, school boy crush. Who did you have, like, what poster did you have on your wall? Any girls? Uh, what? That's a curveball, Neil. There uh, you go. Was you like a Pamela Anderson or... Uh, this is Paxman-esque. I don't yeah. know. Probably would have been somewhat like that, yeah. But, right. Uh, All right. Um, you, you'd have had it. You'd have had a magazine or two, though, wouldn't you? Them days. Was, oh, <laughs> <and> the sock <laughs> found in a, behind the park bench. Oh, I, yeah. I like the older ones, mate. Like, yeah, slightly older ones. A bit of a hairy. Pick. Oh. Yeah, not full, not full barber's floor. Just a, you know, just a bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Swans or rainy. Sorry? Swans or rainy? Eh, uh, I think. Yeah. Right, and this is the main one. This is what we're building up to, the big big one. <laughs> Who's your favourite BT Sport pundit? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 
I'm laughing at my own joke. Sorry, you don't have to say it. John, you don't have to say it. It's all right. It's all right. Everyone says Colin Edwards, so don't worry. Or or Michael Laverty. M. Lav. Say James Tolson with his uh, with his clipboard, but that's another old teammate of mine in two thousand. Yeah, uh, it's got to yeah. be you, Neil. We've always had a lovers. We've always had a little crush, haven't we, together? Uh, a couple of Northerners as well, a couple of Lancashire lads. You shouldn't have said we, that. He'll be putting that on his website next. All yeah. come from Lancashire. There's another fellow in the Fogarty, but he's a bit of an ob, so <laughs> <laughs> he owes me thirty quid. <laughs> hey, tell I'll us that story. It. Go on, tell I'll us the story. I not the money, it's principal. Uh, the oh, there's me, Whitten, Foggy, and uh, Hutchie all had a bike to eat somewhere in London, London XL show. And it was in the hotel, we're all stopping, and it, you know, I don't know what it was, what we had, but it was 30 quid a piece. The Foggy just said, I'm not paying, just up and left. <laughs> so, them two are from Yorkshire, so there's no chance them two were paying, were they? So, I just dumped the 30 quid up, and uh, yeah. And he, he just don't seem to want to give it me back. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think it is. Definitely, definitely said, uh, what would you say to that, Neil? Come on. Not right. Oh, not I, wouldn't right. Have been, I wouldn't have been happy with that. Yeah, I'd, no, have no. To, I'd have to get revenge somehow. You see, I mean, that's it. I'm going to say, I'm surprised you haven't yet. It's not exactly skinned. The ta- the ta- the ta- they'll come round. It all comes round again, doesn't it? What goes round, comes round. I'll have him back somehow. I'll have him back. You. You, you and him had a little bit of an argument at the TT one year that I was there when I was interviewing you both in the hospitality. That was funny. <laughs> oh, I can't remember what that was. Yeah, he always has a little niggle. I don't think I don't think he likes me. I don't know why, but I don't think Foggy likes me. And you know what King Cole's like. He's, he's, he's a bit like that with everyone, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know why though. I, hate pe- I, I like people. I like everybody. Me, I got massive respect for everybody. And- you know, obviously, what is it, four times world champion, couple of three TT wins, you know, Formula One world champion, blocks on everything, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just summer. He's got an edge to him, money, and he just doesn't like me, and that's that's it, I think, so move on. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much, John, and yeah, as uh, enough people do, <laughs> enough people let. <laughs> Uh, enjoy watching, enjoy listening to you too. Um, I think we better let you go because we'll we'll uh, we'll be taking over the whole of the uh, podcast airways here if we're not careful. We could probably talk uh, all all day and all night. We've got some stories, eh? Oh, I yep. mean, that's as I say. We could keep going on and on and on and on. And I'm glad we've been able to hear you. Yeah. As well, because uh, you do worry sometimes at these. We we, we had uh, when we had Guy Martin on. Uh, Couple of ty- couple of episodes ago, we couldn't hear a thing, and we were just guessing. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to be able to hear your stories, anyway. Yeah, yeah, nice, no, good mate. What I have you got? What, what have you got on now over over the rest of the week? Well, I'm doing that uh, Ducati Cup, you know. I'm doing that V2 Ducati Cup thing, and uh, I've been working on them a bit in the garage. And um, I'm right. I'm riding alongside another rider called Andre Compton, who was a uh, he was a professional speeder rider of all things, yeah. So, and he's come into a few bobs, so he's gonna he's stumping up the cash to to, to build the bike and stuff. What's that? The Ducati, like the Ducati, yeah, the what used to be the eight four eight challenge? Yeah. Of... Oh, well, brilliant! Nine five nine. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Now you can use a V two, which is like a small. Uh, looks like a V four, but it's a V two uh, V right. twin. Yeah. Oh, that'd yeah. be good. Yeah, I just think. Do you know what? I miss our tracks. I think we have got some of the best circuits in the world. I know it's 
probably me being a bit biased and and you know looking at some of the other stuff is a bit stale. Some of the new stuff, our tracks are great. Look at Alton Park, look at Cadwell, Brands Hatch Full Circuit, Brookton, so unique. And you know, we, we have got, I've missed them all. You know, we're doing world endurance and stuff, doing you know, doing 800 laps of Le Mans isn't like doing 20 oh. laps. Of, uh, you oh. know, Le Mans has got to be one of the worst circuits in the world. Oh. And you think it's awful, awful. It's a, it's a, do you know what? That place, I'll probably get shot to bits now, but. They say oh, this is the best circuit in the world. We are this. It's a shit hole, man. It, it's it a is. hellhole. The toilets are stinking. It's just a mess. We, 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 a when we go there for the for the Grand Prix every single year, it mm. is almost it's universally worst, one really. of the worst ones of the year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we went when we oh, went out to the campsite um, a couple of times to film some features there. I mean, it is feral. I mean, it is a. Yeah. a it's scary. I mean, we've had all sorts chucked at us. We were stood at the side of the track trying to record yeah. a piece, and you're getting bottles flying past your ear as you just try. I'm just doing yeah. this piece on the French rider. It's a atmosphere to ride. You know, at two and three and four o'clock in the morning, it's pitch black, and you know you see the fireworks going up, the bonfires. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, you're into you're into fourteen, fifteen hours of your race, and you now I've done five Le Mans and I've done five Baldors and. And uh, you know, but Le Mans is just a tip. I don't understand why they, they think it's amazing. You know, it's just uh, it'd be great if it was on the full track with the yeah, the car on the track, car track, right? yeah, but around the Bugatti circuit. No, thank you. Yeah, awful place. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was one. That was one of my uh, most proudest moments. Short circuit moments. We finished tenth in Suzuka, and I don't. I wouldn't dare tell anybody about that. I could just laugh at you. But we finished tenth on that ABS bike, that third of an ABS Honda bike. In 2012, it was me, Cameron Donald, and uh, Jason O'Hala, and we finished 10th. And I've got one of them Suzuka trophies, and one of my pride of places is that. Well, because... Yeah, the crap well, trophies, the thing, though, thing about, thing about Suzuka is all the factories do turn up for that. So, actually, anything... 10th is a fantastic result there. Yeah. It, it, you know, if you told anybody, it'd be like 10th. That's a load of shite. But, to be honest, it was... I was chuffed to bits. I put my heart and soul into that, and we all did, all three of us. And you know, we weren't we weren't a bad little pack. We finished fourth in the world championship that year, only one point off a off a medal, and that's one thing that I would like as an FIM medal. But with one point off it, but anyway, lads, I'm I'm with you on. So. Don't matter. <laughs> we enjoyed every second of it, John. We'll let you go. Let you get back to uh, rolling your yeah. field. Get that <laughs> get get that grass track sorted. We'll get you yeah. one again. John, I think we need to. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's more. There's more stories there. There's, there's yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, right, top man. Lovely to uh, speak yeah. to you. Um, I really appreciate your time, and uh, we'll catch up soon, hopefully. All right, guys. Take it easy. Right. Cheers, John. Keep safe. Keep safe. You yeah, too. You. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Oh, it's great to hear from him. He's he's so down to earth, isn't he? That I mean, you're, not, you're, uh, yeah. you're talking there about someone who is TT royalty, and he is just your bloke down the pub, isn't he? And and actually, well, he's the sort of person that if you met him in the pub, he might he might he might tell you a story. He probably wouldn't because he's modest and everything. And and you, he's the sort of person who tell you a story and you almost wouldn't believe it because of how he is. Does that make sense? No, I'm, yeah, no. Honestly, he's he's one in a million, isn't he? You know, like I said, John McGuinness, legend. You know, TT legend, but he's a biking legend. Yeah. He's everything, What for me, he's everything that motorbikes are about in the UK. That passion, love, 
down to earth. Like I, I almost felt at the end, John was like, "Oh, is that it? I'll keep going." Let's, you know, and that's what when you're with John, you'll sit around, you'll drink a few pints, and you'll just go over stories, and and it, and he'll go, "Did I ever tell you about this? Did you know that this happened?" And and it's just brilliant. We'll have to go because we'll have to, we'll have to go back. There were a few times it cut out there, and a few cut out for you actually as well, Neil. But some some fantastic stories. But we, we'll have to hear more of them because there's there's yeah. so many there. And, uh, well, it just, it, and it's no wonder people love him. Do you know what, Gav? I first realised it. It's probably about five years ago at the London XL. There was loads of X riders there, and. After we'd been doing this little race in the middle, like you, you race around it to like create a little bit of an oval. Anyway, after it, you do an autograph signing, and everyone stood there, and there's like nobody waiting for any other rider except John McGuinness, and the queue was about forty deep. But everyone can relate to him. Is that that is your your working class hero? And he, do you know what? He stood and spoke to everybody. He had a time of day for everybody. I loved it. It's just that's John McGuinness. Yeah, super. Uh, yeah, we'll have to get him back on. And I do, it's just, I, I feel, yeah, well, every time I've spoken to him, I remember speaking to him, he was over at Barcelona Grand Prix. Do you remember when he came over there? Um, yeah. And what I remember is that Ro- Valentino was the one wanting to chat with him, wasn't he? Wanted, he, yeah, was the one, yeah. he was the one getting John in and wanting to speak to him. And exactly. And that, that says something about how he's respected him in the biking world. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's like the, the short circuit boys. I think the TT riders are. They think two things. One, they think, oh, they are they are completely mad. You know, they are mad. But but there's also a massive level of respect. respect yeah. You know, that's and, and for Rossi especially. You know, Rossi's always been close to John. I remember John saying, "Hey, I've got Rossi's number." <laughs> like, how cool is that? He wouldn't give it to me, but yeah, well. <laughs> you tried. You'll try. You'll have to wait until you get another 14 pints down him. We'll get him on the pod. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, what have you got coming up, uh, Neil? What's what have you uh, got nothing? Well, obviously it's the evening now. Uh, Vic's downstairs. She's making me, me tea. I think we're on. Uh, she, she makes a, a really good curry. So I'm not drinking. Obviously it's midweek. Obviously. So. Yeah. And, and I'm, st- I'm sticking with that. How are you? How's your stockpile going? Is it still, you know, are you into the baked beans yet? You're not down to that. You're not into desperation. Stockpiles, no. Stop. Stockpiles good. Vic's on it. She's uh, she's been looking after me. So all good, really. So yeah, just uh, just chilling. I'm I'm uh, early, early night for me. I'm going to be watching another episode of that. Uh, Was it called Tiger King? Have you been watching that? My I God. Have, everyone's been going on about it, and I have watched the first couple, of, two or three episodes, and it is. Bonkers, in it? Just well, it can't be real. That's why I keep saying, "Shut up!" This <laughs> can't. Well, just I, hang on. I can't. That's He's the thing. Got, so, so how Kate, many wives? Kate, Kate almost won't. Just, exactly. Well, almost won't watch it because she's like, "No, I can't get into this because it's just I can't relate to it." It's just no, like it's a different world, isn't it? Bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. So, but I'm, I've started to all finish. It's one of them, so I've got yeah. to watch it. I've got to see I'm, it through. I'm with now. you on that. We, we're doing it. We're plowing on through. And um, one thing that uh, I wanted to to make sure you'd watch. I, I sent you a link. Yeah, I don't know if you watched it yet. Of the marble. Oh, I haven't watched it. Right. Well, I wa- I'm, I'm going yeah, go to tell people to go and find it. I got sent it by someone who'd listened to the podcast and said, "Oh, check out what's happened now." So previously they were doing it all on sand. It was a bit like marble motocross in a way, wasn't yeah. it? Or, or downhill mountain bike. Well, now they've built. It's like a scale electric track, 
right? It's about a 40 second lap. And then at the end of the lap, it's all downhill, obviously. It's the mob. At the end of the lap, there's, an, there's like a, an escalator that takes them back up to the top and they do 10 laps. It's superb. Oh. Honestly, oh it's, it's hilarious. It is. Right, I'll watch it. And it's called Marbula One. Right. And, Brilliant. So they've done, and it's so still the done same there. chat. And I think Formula E, one of the Formula E teams, has gone into partnership with them. We've gone into Brilliant. partnership with them to do some sort of event, so that's coming up soon. So anyway, I'm I'm obsessed by it at the moment. So right, I'll watch it. Yeah, make sure you do. Uh, right, um, Neil, nice to speak to you, and great yeah, to and speak you... to John. And I'm sure we'll be back again soon. Um, any comments, anything like that? Remember to go to at Gavin Emmett on Twitter or at Neil Hodgson 100. Um, and as always, leave us a nice rating. Uh, but we appreciate you all for listening. Thank you so much. Remember, we're just doing this just for a laugh, just for something to do. Um, well, keep... trying to entertain people, it's, it's bo- it is boring. The lockdown's boring, isn't exactly. it? So if we can entertain a few people here and there, then uh, happy days. Well, John McGuinness's stories will have entertained you. So uh, let us know what you think anyway. And uh, yeah, tell everyone you know. And uh, hopefully we can uh, make a few more of them. We'll keep trying anyway. Uh, nice to speak to you, Neil. See you soon. Yeah, and you. See you, Gav. Cheers, mate. Thank you, everyone. everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.